This is the IBM Cloud Podcast with Dan Bettinger, covering capabilities, methods, and discoveries to help you cloud better. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the IBM Cloud Podcast. This is Dan. If recent supply chain breaches have your organization on edge, this episode's for you. Joining me today is Shepod from IBM Research to talk about DevSecOps. Shepod, how you doing? Hi, Dan. I'm doing good. And hello, everyone. Happy to be on the podcast. What do you do for IBM? Help the audience understand exactly what you do, because IBM Research has done so many fantastic things. There's so many places. But what do you specifically focus on? Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm a senior technical staff member at IBM Research, and I was one of the few professionals when we started building the container cloud. More specifically, I work on designing the first of its kind file as a service for containers. Since then, I've been looking into various aspects of securing the containers. Earlier, I was looking into how we can secure the container at runtime. And more recently, I started looking into DevSecOps, like moving the security into the left. Like we want to secure this container from design. I'm a chief architect for the CodeRisk Analyzer, the DevSecOps solution we made available on IBM Cloud last year. And I'm continuing to explore and innovate in this area. So happy to be on the show. Great. Let's go explore some of this. Like, when I look, think about it, the adoption of DevOps traditionally relies on like processes and tools to build, test, and deploy software, right? And that pipeline or that set of software is called a pipeline, right? And there's tons of open source and commercial tools that you could put together to make these pipelines. And right. in my experience in the past in, in selling DevOps consulting services, it seemed to me that some teams actually spent more time stabilizing or updating the components of their pipeline than actually driving code through it. What's the current state of these tool chains and DevOps tool chains? And that's a good question, and you are absolutely right. So DevOps was the necessary transformation in how we manage the software delivery lifecycle. And it was fostered through adoption of uh, containers. Containers allowed us to break the monolithic applications and business logic into modular components that we can develop independently and quickly. Now, this accelerated development pattern then required high-velocity path from code to container. Right. That gave rise to innovations and automations in CI/CD pipeline through DevOps. Now, DevOps is a socio-technical solution. Uh, it is made up of both the technical controls in the pipeline and the processes that we, we follow. And as you pointed out, there is a growing open source ecosystem where a number of such automated functions are being made available ready to use from some market catalogs like GitHub Actions or Tekton Catalog. And there is no single reference architecture for DevOps. So as we start adopting these practices, we start seeing different flavors of them. And that's how, that's how we are basically seeing this. Uh, there's no consistency in how we build this DevSecOps pipeline. But overall, I believe the tooling has matured enough so to stabilize the operating aspects of DevSecOps pipeline or DevOps pipeline. And we are now we can now focus more on the content inside a pipeline than worrying about how to basically keep it running. So it sounds like those pipelines are stabilizing a bit, and there's new tools out there to help with that. Right. Um, you know, one thing that happened along the way to DevOps, this journey towards DevOps and, and deploying code quickly, is people started pulling security into the mix. 
And the idea it sounded like was to put security as close to that developer's keyboard as possible. And I think that's called DevSecOps. Is that the concept? Like, can you explain that a little more fully for the listeners, please? Yes, absolutely. So uh, as we discussed, the DevOps allowed us to accelerate velocity from code to container. Now it mandated a deliberate attention to security at every step in the workflow, right? And thus, this DevSecOps became popular. It becomes a go-to solutions for IT organizations, where security practices are embedded in the development phases from the beginning, or as we call the shift left. As a developer, when I'm building a code, uh, I have some workflows around uh, how I create a change request, how I make my changes into the code. And now the security controls are embedded right into those workflow. So when I create a pull request, I get my code gets scanned for all the security controls and I'm given this actionable feedback of how I can basically resolve those. And comparing it with the traditional virtual machine uh, applications, right? So security monitoring and management in those in those times, they were primarily performed by the ops team. So for instance, uh, the, the ops team would monitor the production workload for any vulnerabilities. And if they found new vulnerability, they would be responsible to patch that in the running workload. With containers, we never patch the running workloads, running containers. Instead, we fix the vulnerability in the code, build it again, and redeploy the whole container. And that's how basically developers are now responsible to fix the security issues. But again, we don't want developers to be security expert. Right? We, through DevSecOps, we, our North Star is to basically enable developer. We want to give them actionable feedback that they can use and they can leverage to improve the security posture of their application. I think interest in DevSecOps and supply chain security increased a few months ago when the world learned that a certain software vendor's DevOps toolchain was hacked and compromised code was injected and packaged into their software and effectively sent to a number of that ISV's clients. And it really, I think, woke up the world and really got people thinking about these pipelines, the code, security. You know, have you seen interest increase in, in DevSecOps? And, and what are you seeing out there? Yeah, this is, this is really important, right? Because it touches on various aspects of supply chain security. Now, in, in this particular example, right, there are two things we can consider. First, an intruder was able to hack into our pipeline. That means our pipeline was not secure to begin with. And second, as this, he made some code changes, they were not detected, right? We are not able to identify that these changes were coming from trusted source. Now, in general, there have been increasing number of such attacks in recent time. And in my personal opinion, one of the contributing factor is our reliance on open source ecosystem. And now just to be clear and honest, right? I'm a big supporter of open source ecosystem. And I truly believe that it is the right model to grow and build our future technology. But open source doesn't mean it's free. We need to invest in securing the use of this open source technology. Now, and that's where the DevSecOps can, it comes into picture, right? So we need to modernize this DevSecOps pipeline to perform this uh, these additional security checks in an automated fashion. Right? So let me explain, right? Few of the, few of these checks we can do in the DevSecOps. Now, first of all, as we bring in this open source dependency, we need a standardized way to discover them and record them in what we call a software bill of material or SBOM. Right? Once we have these dependencies documented, we need to validate them and check them against uh, vulnerabilities. Uh, we need to see if they are coming from trusted sources, 
are they signed are they well maintained uh, are we using are these dependencies out of date or are we using latest version we need to do all these checks to improve the security posture of our applications then we also need to ensure our build process is reproducible and is secure right and we need a provenance record of everything in the of every action that we do in the devsecops pipeline for later auditability and verification and that's how basically devsecops is one of the place where this supply chain security need to be addressed and it's one of the important places in my opinion so i've got a question what specifically is ibm research working on and what problems are you trying to solve you're always on the forefront uh, of new technology new ways of doing things so can you give us a little peek behind the curtain as to what's going on in your world? Yes, absolutely. So uh, as I mentioned, right, so at research, we are incubating this DevSecOps technology that we now made available on IBM Cloud last year called Cortisk Analyzer or we call CRA, right? In CRA, we embedded this uh, lot of security checks in the existing development workflows. So when uh, in CRA, we scan different kinds of artifacts from code repositories, like build artifacts that include Docker file, package manifest, Kubernetes deployment artifacts, like all the deployment channels, or infrastructure as a code, like Terraform. Right? And we scan all these artifacts for any security uh, misconfigurations or issues, and we give developers uh, an actionable feedback. Our objective was to have security by design. And more recently, there has been some great work, uh, open source contributions across IBM teams around identity management, integrity assurance, uh, zero trust platform, and much more to advance the technology in this area. Me and my team, we are currently focused on doing the research in building a trusted, auditable, and temper-proof DevSecOps pipeline, and how we can capture the provenance in the pipeline from code to container so we can in, improve the transparency and assurance uh, for the users of the of these technologies. I'll need to look more into the code risk analyzer, and I can add some show uh, some links to the show notes. But what I'm hearing is basically that capability shields a developer from having to understand the security definitions and policies, but then provides actionable feedback so they can deliver clean code, right? Yes, that's exactly right. Right. We don't expect developers or every developer to be security expert. So we want to mask them from understanding the details. Like when we discover a vulnerability in the core, right? We don't want to tell them this is a vulnerability, how it affects and how it breaches uh, some compliance policies. But tell them that you are using package version X. Just update this to a certain version Y so you can fix it. Right. This developer can do. And the implications is it solves the security and compliance issue under underneath it. Okay. Now, we're asking the developers to do so much these days. So it's good to actually provide actionable feedback without having them need to be experts on specific things. So when I think about it even further, I'm, I'm thinking, like, if I'm an IT director and I have a number of developer teams under me, you know, what do I need to start thinking about or how can I learn more or what, what advice do you have? Right. So uh, I believe if you're not as IT director, right, if you're not, not embrace DevSecOps, it is absolutely essential for you to embrace it and adopt it in your organization, right? It will allow you to secure your application by design. And as we discussed, it's a social technical system. So in addition to the technical controls, be ready to revise your operational practices and be open to new uh, practices that you need to follow in this uh, space. If I'm a developer and I want to get started in this DevSecOps 
thing. Like, what advice do you have? Where do I start there? <laughs> right. So this is uh, from my personal experience, right? So the best way to learn is to basically get your hands dirty, right? There are a lot of great tools available in open source and some enterprise solution. Try them out, right? They are available as GitHub Action, Stackdown Pipeline, pick your favorite CICD platform. Use them and try them out. And again, as we said, you don't need to be a security expert to use them, but make it a habit to always scan your code for security when you're building it. Just like you do for with the test cases, right? We have to find the bugs in your code. Make it a habit. And that's how you can basically learn and get acquainted to these technologies. Simple enough. Get your hands dirty. I like it. And I think I'll, I'll, I can add some tutorials and some information from our developer uh, team, as well as maybe from the cloud native toolkit that our garage team builds out. So I'll, I'll have those available to people so they can, again, get their hands dirty and start working on it. You know, from a futures perspective, Sripod, what do you see happening around DevSecOps in the future? Like, where are we going, especially when we're looking at a world where applications could be deployed in a hybrid multi-cloud environment? Well, that's a great question, right? So as we start building and deploying applications in hybrid environment, we'll need to federate our security controls. Now, the critical requirement is going to be around standardization. Now, the standardization will allow us to follow and implement this the common DevSecOps practices across this platform on secure. And I see that is the only way uh, we can basically make progress in this, uh, make our truly make the DevSecOps uh, distributed and hybrid solution. Where can our listeners learn more about DevSecOps? Uh, right. I, I find there is some great discussions happening in the open source communities, like CNCF Security or Open Source Security Foundations. Now, this is the place where a number of researchers, practitioners, they come together and they discuss vendor-neutral point of view. Right. So get involved with the communities. And of course, as we are bringing these new technologies and capabilities in this area to the cloud, we'll make sure to write about it in the blogs or talk about it in the podcast like this. So stay tuned. At the time of this recording, it's September 3rd. In a few weeks, we'll have KubeCon, uh, North America. And that's always a great place to learn. I believe you're involved, right? You'll, you'll be part of that uh, to some extent. Can you share with the audience exactly what you're doing? And maybe they can uh, follow up with you if they had further questions there. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, at least at, the, at this moment, I'm planning to attend KubeCon in person. Uh, so there is... Uh, I have a talk in the uh, Cloud Native Security Con, which is a co-located event with the KubeCon, where I'll be talking about how you secure the CI/CD pipelines. So, so there is some open source technologies that uh, we're working on. So we'll be talking about that and showing some demos around it. But in general, I'll be also part of uh, the Supply Chain Security Con, which is a great, great place. There are in interesting talks there. So we'll be happy to talk if we get a chance to meet there. Oh, great. Looking forward to catching up and seeing you out there. I think this is a great time and place to wrap it up. I want to thank you again. Thanks to all the listeners, and we'll see you next time. Bye.